Morning prayer starts on page 4. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95 on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hands are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth stand in awe of him. For he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth, and with righteousness to judge the world, and the peoples with his truth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 93 is on page 457, and Psalm 96 on page 459. Lord is King, and hath put on glorious apparel, the Lord hath put on his apparel, and girded himself with strength. He hath made the round world so sure that it cannot be moved. Ever since the world began hath thy seat been prepared. Thou art from everlasting. The floods are risen, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. The waves of the sea are mighty and rage horribly. But yet the Lord who dwelleth on high is mightier. The testimonies, O Lord, are very sure. Holiness becometh thine house forever. Psalm 96 O sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the whole earth. Sing unto the Lord and praise his name. Be telling of his salvation from day to day. Declare his honor unto the heathen and his wonders unto all peoples. For the Lord is great, and cannot worthily be praised. He is more to be feared than all gods. As for all the gods of the heathen, they are but idols. But it is the Lord that hath made the heavens. Glory and worship are before him. Power and honor are in his sanctuary. Scribe unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the peoples. Ascribe unto the Lord worship and power. Ascribe unto the Lord the honor due unto his name. Bring presence and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth stand in awe of him. Tell it out among the heathen that the Lord is king, and that it is he who hath made the round world so fast that it cannot be moved, and how that he shall judge the people righteously.
Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea make a noise and all that is therein. Let the fields rejoice. Then all the trees of the wood shall rejoice before the Lord. For he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth, and with righteousness to judge the world and the peoples with his truth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 45th chapter of the book of Genesis. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried out, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph, does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh, and lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Hurry, and go up to my father, and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near to me, you and your children, your children's children, your flocks and your herds, and all that you have. There I will provide for you, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty, for there are still five years of famine. And behold, your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. So you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and of all that you have seen, and you shall hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brothers and wept over them, and after that his brothers talked with him. Now the report of it was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brothers have come. So it pleased Pharaoh and his servants well. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, Do this. Load your animals and depart. Go to the land of Canaan. Bring your father and your households, and come to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you will eat of the fat of the land. Now you are commanded, do this. Take carts out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and your wives. Bring your father and come. Also, do not be concerned about your goods, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. Then the sons of Israel did so. And Joseph gave them carts, according to the command of Pharaoh, and he gave them provisions for the journey. He gave to all of them, to each man, changes of garments, 
but to Benjamin he gave three hundred pieces of silver and five changes of garments. And he sent to his father these things, ten donkeys loaded with the good things of Egypt, and ten female donkeys loaded with grain, bread, and food for his father for the journey. So he sent his brothers away, and they departed. And he said to them, See that you do not become troubled along the way. Then they went up out of Egypt, and came to the land of Canaan, to Jacob their father. And they told him, saying, Joseph is still alive, and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart stood still, because he did not believe them. But when they told him all the words which Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Joseph, of Jacob, their father, revived. Then Israel said, It is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. Here ended the first lesson. Siddharth thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the thirty-first verse of the twelfth chapter of the first epistle of St. Paul to the Corinthians. And yet I show you a more excellent way. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fall. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, 
love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Here endeth the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Grant we beseech thee, Almighty God, that we who for our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished by the comfort of thy grace may be mercifully be relieved through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee, the God of mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, 
through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all. We are considering this um, Joseph narrative in terms of its lessons for the spiritual life. And it's a remarkable chapter here because we've built up to this great confrontation with, you know, of, of Joseph and his brothers uh, confronting them with their, you know, their egregious sin of selling their younger brother into slavery in Egypt. And obviously the fear would be now that this is uncovered that that joseph would wreak vengeance on them and 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 um and yet what we find in the in the uh fact in the event itself is that it, it becomes a means of grace that joseph confronts them <clears throat> with their sin in order to um, reveal to them that that uh, he's come to understand God's grace and what God is doing providentially as he even used the evil they did for good. And so they're, you know, essentially their sin can be forgiven and they can enter into the thing that God is doing. And of course, this very much mirrors the story of the, the you know, the uh, the New Testament specifically the cross where, you know, Jesus, um, who is, you know, I mean, the, the typology of Joseph, Jesus uh, sold, uh, you know, by, uh, by Judas, betrayed. Um, he suffers on the cross. And yet in, the, in his suffering and in his confrontation with the sin of humanity, the main Thing that Jesus wants to do is to bring people to repentance and restoration. Uh, the, the, the paradox there is that our sin is the thing that keeps us from communion with God. It was even going back to the garden when Adam and Eve sinned, they went and hid from God in the bushes. It, 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 the, the problem of separation was really caught up in, in what they had done and wouldn't face. Um, Father Joe Miller once pointed out to me that the uh, first person in the Bible to make a good confession was King David. Uh, we, we understand that to be kind of epitomized in Psalm 51, where when confronted with his sin uh, with Bathsheba and, her, and Uriah, is, is the first person really in the Bible to say, yeah, I did it, and, and I, I've done all this, and it becomes you know, that becomes the epitome for the penitence. But God wants to confront us with what we've done wrong, not to punish us and, and extract, you know, the pound of flesh, but to, to, to bring us back into relation with himself and bestow his grace and mercy upon us. So the end result here, this is a big chapter of grace. We finally have the revelation of Joseph to his brothers, and the result is he forgives them, and he tells them not to be angry with each other, not to fight with each other. Uh, echoes of Jesus telling the disciples not to fight with each other about who's the greatest. And and so they have it's an experience of grace and love in the Joseph story, great very much a type of the New Testament. 
And this kind of takes us over into the New Testament lesson from 1 Corinthians, uh, the great chapter on love. I can't help but thinking this, this whenever we start these chapters that it's a, it's a favorite of people to use for weddings, but it isn't about marriage. It's about spiritual gifts. And one of the uh, ironic things about my experience of this in weddings is to, to, to the extent that this was used as the wedding lesson, there ends up being a greater, greater likelihood of divorce because it tends to be a, a passage used because people want a, a good feeling and don't want to really deal with the hard facts and, and, and vocation of marriage, which really is highlighted in Ephesians, not in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians is about spiritual gifts. And St. Paul has been talking in 1 Corinthians about, you know, this, the, some of the, the issues in Corinth and the factions and, and they also have these ideas of spiritual gifts being used as a sign of, hey, look at me speak in tongues or look at the prophetic gifts I have. And St. Paul is saying that all these things you do, if they aren't done with the motive of agape, uh, divine love, the love of God that comes from God, they aren't worth anything. And this, so this is a passage about ministry that says whatever our spiritual gifts are, whatever we're doing, it's more important to ask the question, why am I doing it, than exactly what am I doing? And uh, that is, it, gets, it gets at the motive. And I think that the purification of our motives does not come so much from, um, like, you know, just realizing I was selfish, I have to be less selfish. It really is something that relates to our own experience of grace. This draws us back to the Joseph story. Joseph was gracious to his brothers because <clears throat> he had come to understand in his own personal history the providence and grace of God, that God used the bad things he'd been through for his own providential purposes, and he'd raised Joseph up. When we enter into the grace of God in our lives of prayer and begin to surrender to that grace, we experience God's providential ordering of our lives, the forgiveness of our sins, the way God takes even the bad things we've been through and uses them for his good. And we're aware of that. We can't help but communicate that experience of grace to other people. That becomes the foundation of our ministry, sharing, witness. We And so I, if I have a gift, whatever it is I give, give a service, I want to give to others out of the fullness of what I've experienced in Christ. And apart from that experience of grace, um, ministry coming out of our experience of love, we, it tends to be a little bit more needy or transactional. I do this because, hey, if I do this, I'll get recognized. Or, we're more, or, or we should say that, that to the degree we grow in grace is, is the, in love of, of, of God in our prayer and our own experience of it is the degree to which we will become more free in our love to others. And the more distant we are from that, the more we live in the sort of natural uh, man, the more our ministry to others will be rooted in, in just the natural transactional nature of though we live in our own un, unaddressed needs. And so this is really in, in the Lenten season to think about how we enter into the grace of God understanding God's providential orderings in our life, what God has done for us, begin to let go of our bitterness to others to forgive as Joseph is now really forgiving his brothers 
and inviting them back into fellowship with himself. Who do we need to forgive? What grudges, resentments do we need to let go of to enter fully into the grace of God? And that would be the ground for our ministry, our gifts, our, our service to others being more fully rooted in, in the love of God, the agape that remains and not, not the lesser motives that, that may govern our ministry otherwise. So a few thoughts about today's lessons. Continuing with a prayer for all conditions of men on page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving help unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace, and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed, in mind, body, or estate, especially those for whom we make our prayers at this time. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. Bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you, Barb and Robert. It was good to pray with you all this morning. Have a good Tuesday. Thank you, Deacon Bob. Thank you, Deacon Bob. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Everybody. Bye, kiddos.